0: On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson show, part of Locked On Sports, Minnesota, and it starts
1: now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I want to thank you guys for joining me today on today's show. Sam and I, we're gonna we're gonna jump into this Viking schedule. Everybody wants to know what's going on. Of course, the NHL, it's a big game. It's late. And Thursday's game is just as late. 8:30 p.m. puck drop is what's been announced. Don't shoot the messenger. And so as we jump into that, and then later in the week, we're gonna have some good guests. We have a possible Adam Thielen sighting, Robert Smith, former Viking. So please stick around all week as we unveil the Viking schedule. Uh, Thursday, we'll have a couple tidbits here and there. But make sure you tune in Friday for not just the schedule, but what Adam Thielen's looking forward to the most with the NFL. But Sam, as I bring Sam Ekstrom in, my producer, as we jump into this Viking schedule, the schedule release leaks are starting to happen. And the NFL this year is deciding, you know what, let's get in front of some of these leaks. We know that our people text Adam Schefter. We know that our people text Ian Rappaport. We know that our people like to text their insiders. Ron Johnson has a couple people to tell them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about those people, Sam, the NFL is like, you know, screw you guys. We're going to just tell everybody for you. London has already been announced. The Vikings are part of that doubleheader. Um, or, sorry, three-game series. Um, and then, and that's week four. And then, the Vikings now play a Monday night football game. First, the Eagles. There's also some other games. Christmas, there's a Christmas Sunday this year. There's also a Christmas Monday, uh, or Christ- whatever, day after Christmas Monday. And then there's the Christmas Eve Saturday possibility games um where the vikings gonna fall in that uh i know for me personally noon on a christmas it's not great um it's not bad i honestly i would not mind playing a sunday night game for that one i wouldn't mind having the night game for christmas because then i get to do christmas all morning with the kids i mean i might have to get up early and do a couple pregame hits at at 9 a.m 10 a.m but then i get to spend the christmas day with my kids and don't have to head back to the stadium or watch from the studio until four or five o'clock so you know, I'm. I'm. But you know, a noon game, then I just got to get my kids tickets to the game. That's going to be their gift. And my, my 11 year old more so than my seven. She doesn't care. Um, my 11 year old would love to have that as a Christmas gift. So I that's the one reason I do kind of hope for a 12 uh, p.m. kickoff for the Vikings on Christmas because that makes Dad's job easier buying gifts for everybody's going to get Vikings tickets. Um, and so I'm going to be on that ticket deal early with the Vikings. And, and I know the players usually I get some tickets from players every once in a while. Yeah, it's not happening on Christmas. I know everybody's thinking the same thing. I want to spend Christmas in Minnesota. One, I get to go to Mall America. Two, I get to go to your game. Uh, Grandma, Grandpa, Auntie TT, Uncle Sam, everybody's coming. But, Sam, as we jump into this schedule and you look at, for me personally, London, I wasn't nervous at first. I'm a little, there's only reason I'm nervous about London. You can feed off the crowd in New Orleans. I think there's a, it's, a, it's a weird, eerie crowd where you can actually feed off of them. Also, the Vikings fans travel well to New Orleans. Not loud enough to disrupt, but the New Orleans Saints don't have a quarterback. And the Vikings do. Um, yes, we've seen what the New Orleans Saints can do with Taysom Hill. Um, it's okay. Jameis Winston coming off injury. But the Saints don't really have an immediate like this is our guy like they don't have a Drew Brees sitting on the on the roster. Um, that's why I'm honestly surprised about that game. Maybe they know something we don't know about the New Orleans Saints and what they're going to put out there on that field. Um, you know, drafting another first round receiver. Maybe that's you know maybe they're like, hey, they're going to be you know fast paced, high flying. You could be as high flying as you want. Who are you going to throw the ball to? or who's going to throw the ball? Um, so when you're when you're thinking about that, and and they have some cagey vets, we know that, but. I don't really see another person ever replacing Drew Brees. Like it just is not going to happen. And so when you look at what this team was, uh, they weren't great. Jameis Winston did get hurt, but they weren't great anyway. So that one just it's it's one of those trap games. You're in London. You're traveling. You heard Adam Thielen. Uh, and we'll ask him about that, but he brought it up before about his wife getting to finally go to London now. Uh, kids old enough and you know they're going to make it a trip. So, mentally, is everybody dialed in or they're about the experience? Uh, again, it's a trap. So, if the New Orleans Saints go out and lay an egg for the first three games and then they show up and, and they're, un, they're, they're unwind, they're winless versus the Vikings again, is that a trap? That, that for me, I'd say is scary. The other ones, um, for 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 I don't know why, but this is what the ones that get me. Again, another trap game. The Lions at home or on the road, that seems like a trap to me. Um, just seems like you know the Lions are going to get better. Dan Campbell's doing a great job of getting those guys to play for him. But the ones that really throw me off and is mainly running quarterbacks. Um, Andre uh, DeAndre Hopkins being out for six weeks. So when do they get the Cardinals? I hope they get the Cardinals in the first six weeks. No DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, they've added a receiver, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins. When they had DeAndre Hopkins and all the receivers, plus Kyler Murray not being happy, that's scary. But let's see if they can get them early. But a late season, you know, Cardinals with all their weapons, that for me is a little bit scary, just a little bit. And then they added Brown as well. We know that. You look at the Bills, Stephon Diggs. This team, Josh Allen, running quarterback. That's another one. Um, that's really it for me. And then the Eagles, and the only reason, and the Eagles for the simple fact of it, it can be fun to watch Justin Jefferson catch a touchdown in Gritty, and then all the Eagles fans, all the tweets like, man, we should have had that guy. But the Eagles at night, that, that's been named a doubleheader Monday night football game. That's scary for the fans. If you think about the Eagles fans being able to drink all day, Sam, and lather up for that game. We heard what happened at the playoff. Maybe there's a regular game, so but it's still Eagle Field. They threw batteries at Santa. Like I, I, I'm scared for the fans for that one. So those are the ones for me. What about you, Sam?
0: Yeah, um, I, I think what we're learning here is that if the Vikings have a road game in Week Two, and they've got that road game technically in London in Week Four, probably means they're going to start the season at home Week One. So who's that matchup going to be? Yeah. Maybe it's a Packers matchup. Maybe you get, get the Green Bay, Minnesota, right out of the gate. That would be a huge week one game at U.S. Bank Stadium. Um, you, you, you love to see what the home opener matchup is going to be. So that's what I'm going to watch for first. Um, and if you're the Vikings, you know, you'd love to get off to a fast start. And it's easier to do that when you're at home. Remember mm-hmm. last year, two road games to start the season at Cincinnati, at Arizona. Now, last May, a year ago, we're looking at the schedule. And we're saying, those are two wins. The Bengals and the Cardinals, come on. Vikings are going to be 2-0. Well, turns out one of those teams was in the Super Bowl. Another one was in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And those turned into two losses. Um, Nearly wins. Very close to being wins. But the Vikings started out 0-2. So I'm wondering, who are this year's Bengals and Cardinals? Who are we looking at and we're writing them off? And then it will turn out that they're actually pretty decent. I think that... You have to worry just a little bit about the Jets because Zach Wilson has that mobile quality to him. Like you mentioned, the running quarterbacks added a lot of talent in the draft. Do they take off in year two under Robert Solid? Does that mm. turn into a more difficult game? And what is Washington going to be with Carson Wentz? I don't think we know that answer yet either. That That defense has been scary for a couple of years now. The offense has been lagging behind. Will they put things together in their first year of being the commanders. So it's those teams that I think people are overlooking that I kind of wonder, well, is this the year where they actually take the next step?
1: Yeah. And I like that. I I do. Now I see what you're saying too. Yeah. The fact that they have to go to London week four, uh, the fact that they have to go on the road Monday night, um, I, I do think you're probably right. They probably do get an early home game. And then the fact that it's Monday night, now they're going to get Monday to, you know, they win Sunday, they're going to get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off because you start your prep Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, to travel Sunday and then to play Monday. Um, and then you turn around and you probably give them another home game, um, in order to get that, you know, same thing. Hey, we're going to give you another home game. And, and for all we know, um, and sorry, not, not for all we know they you know, they get an early, you know, home game. Uh, so, two, you know, 12 o'clock kickoff. I don't see them giving them a prime time in two, three, and four, Um, you know, back to back to back and then travel. Uh, I'd say probably a simple home game as well before they play the Saints in week four. So the, the possible home opponents, I'm going to take the Bears, Lions, Packers out. I don't think they're going to play them at game one at home. Uh, maybe Packers game three, though. That could be the Packers game three at home before they go play New Orleans, uh, get that one out the way, because then we know they're probably going to play the Packers when it's freezing cold outside. Um, I do feel like it's kind of like, I mean, do you want Jets Vikings week one? Probably not. You know, I don't know if that's tantalizing enough. They want Zach Wilson to get going. I don't think they want to put him up against that defense. Um, I can see the Coats. I can see the Coats week one Vikings. Um, Taylor Lewan just announced he's going to the Colts. Uh, Titans, you know, offensive tackle. That's a huge pickup for the Colts. Um, they also added, um, uh, what's his name, from the uh, Falcons? Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's now there, so mm-hmm. they have a quarterback. Um, so the Colts are scary, but I could see that being a Matt Ryan, Carson or uh Kirk Cousins, Taylor Lewan at tackle, uh, Brian O'Neal, you know, I mean, all the defensive weapons here. That could be an early week one game uh, that they set up. Now, again, I wouldn't mind taking the Cardinals at home. I wouldn't mind week one Cardinals because they're you know they have to get going. They Brown is gonna be new, DeAndre Hopkins is out. Um I, I, I kind of feel that. Like I, I think it's gonna be Cardinals or Colts. Like I think that's the way to go. I think it's Cardinals or Colts. Um, just just for the simple fact of what that could be, and then Packers week three. That's that's my guess. Um, you know, as, as more leaks start to come out and other teams start to leak theirs, and we see who they're playing in week one, then we kind of know eliminate it from you know, if the Bears, Lions, and Packers say who they're playing in week one, all of a sudden, then we know it's not the Vikings. Um, uh, but I don't think they're going to give them a, a, a NFC opponent in week one. Uh, but it, it's you know, it's exciting. This is this week, I can't wait for this week to find out one, my schedule. Um, uh, because then I get to plan my life and, and let my wife know what, the uh, what, what days I'm going to have off, what, what times I'm going to have to leave the stadium uh, she's a track coach so you know we have to coordinate our schedules like today I'm on all kids by myself I have to take one kid to gymnastics and then pick her up and run over and get the other kid to a uh, softball for her game at 6 15 tonight so you know that's football season is my time to put all the crap on the calendar to scare my wife to death and be like okay here we go you know I know I'm not going to see you for these you know this 17 weeks on these days but um, it's exciting time you know, this is this is when everybody, like you said, we don't know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Nobody put the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Um, my early kind of, like, possibility, and I know a lot of people aren't with it. Um, I hate to say it. I feel like, I mean, they're not anybody that everybody doesn't know. But I think, like, Aaron Rodgers, I think he's pissed off. Like, but I just I just don't know. I mean, honestly, the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, you had Devontae Adams, you, you already had a team that was in the playoffs. they had a weapon now. We don't play them. But it could be the Las Vegas Raiders. They could be a team where you're looking like, man, this might be the team in the Super Bowl. Opportunity, at least. Uh, But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the NFL. What's going on? Who's moving? Is there a change at Fox? Coming up next, me and Sam, are going to break that down for you. But first... Make sure you check out our other daily show on Locked On Sports Minnesota It's superior sports talk with Carol Levin, sports director Reggie Wilson and his producer, Luke Inman here. Reggie and Luke go back and forth about the latest in Minnesota sports five days a week. Find it on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network on YouTube, and you can also get it wherever you are in your podcast. And coming up on the Ron Johnson show, we were going to have wild legend Nate Prosser but he's feeling under the weather we hope to get Nate back this week but we're going to bring Sam Ekstrom back in as we're going to deep dive there's going to be a deep dive segment as we deep dive into the NFL and what's going on around the league well Sam national news and it's, it's 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 a little local news too because I always watch games on the road from whether it's the studio of Fox, if it's over, you know, at at K Fan, we're gonna do the Vikings fan line. Um, you know, I, I can do it at home sometimes depending on what time kickoff is and then what time we have the postgame show. Um, and so no matter where I'm watching it from, I love to 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 watch uh the Twitter. The Twitter fans during Vikings games, are the most they're, the, they're hilarious. I can't really watch it in the stadium because I'm dialed in and I can't like pit pause or rewind if I miss something. Uh, so I'm a little bit more dialed in at home games. Uh, but on the road, I can kind of be fully interactive on my, my tablet, on my phone, uh, because I have the record pause button. And Sam, I don't know what it is about announcers and our fans, but they seem to hate a certain group of people. One of them being Joe Buck. I don't know if it's Joe Buck's love for uh what's his name Oh, Aaron over there mm-hmm. in Greentown, Cheesetown uh Joe Buck seems to love him some Aaron like it's like a love affair of like Aaron can't do any wrong. Aaron is this Aaron is that and fans hate it they hate the way that happens. Well now Joe Buck is going to ESPN because we know they were trying to find their next you know big time crew and they've they've poached uh joe buck and so for vikings fans i know vikings fans are actually happy now they're like look we don't have to hear this guy until monday night um you know a lot of these prime time fox games and not at least not this year but in a couple of years who knows tom brady is going to be doing the vikings games and i know it's about lightning in a bottle right now in the nfl or in, in mainly in broadcasting that's every sport but mainly nfl Lightning in the bottle is what Tony Romo did when he predicted a couple plays right. Now, this is the problem. I've, I've watched Tony Romo now, and he predicts a lot more wrong than he does right. And then the ones he does right, everybody praises him on Twitter. So it's annoying because he constantly is wrong and then refuses to just say, oh, dang, I'm wrong. It's like, oh, I don't know if I would have did that. Yeah, because you've never made it to a Super Bowl. Like, of course you wouldn't have done that um for him to like say he wouldn't have done something Pat Mahomes did or he wouldn't have done something Joe Burrow did or he wouldn't have run that play uh that the Super Bowl champion Bruce Arians called or or, or Byron Leftwich called this play on this drive it's hilarious because it's like we've seen what your play calling looks like from your coaches in in Dallas and yes you're a great announcer take it other way you're a great football player take none away but the fact that he tries to question what some of these coaches are calling because he wouldn't have called that for the simple fact of he wanted them to, to run what he's thinking they should run so that he looks like a genius and everybody can praise him. Well, you're not Nostradamus. You're not, you know, an all foreseen prophet. You know, you're not, you know, one of Jesus's disciples on a hill. You are Tony Romo, Anthony D'Angelo Russell romo i don't know if that's his middle names but i'm just gonna get angelo russell D'Angelo, d'angelo d'angelo russell yeah see it's <laughs> it's, t- it's anthony d'angelo russell romo you know his parents loved d'angelo russell before he was even born
0: big D'Lo <laughs> so, fans
1: big D'Lo yep. fans um and so when you think about that now they've added tom brady you know when he retires tom brady said i'm going into the booth now of course twitter jumps right on that is it giselle what in the heck is she doing like, it, it, like, I, I mean, she's a Victoria's Secret model. Every man in the world would say, I'm going to, when I retire, I'm going home to that. I'm not leaving to go sit in a booth and watch a bunch of sweaty men hit each other. I'm going to sit at home with my wife, lay on the couch, enjoy my kids. I'm a millionaire. I have businesses. But this is where I go with this, Sam. And this is serious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be serious for a minute. When you look at NFL players and what happens, so everybody puts it on CTE. I don't think everything is CTE. Now, my dad passed away a couple of years ago, and we had his brain uh, examined because we wanted to know. He he got denied in the original concussion claim because the baseline test for African Americans uh, were deemed lower than the baseline of a, of a white man. And so they were saying, oh, these guys already weren't that smart. So why are we going to give them money? And so when you think about that, Sam, and so my dad's brain, he had a a grade three CT. There's only four. So he was grade three. Um, Also, they said it could have been four, but because of the Michigan system of how you, you know, show up with a medical examiner, it took them two to three hours to get to my dad's house to get his body. And so, you know, not to relive that, but just to sit there and deal with that crap, um, I, I, but then I go back to my dad and and what gave him joy. My dad had so much joy when he would come visit me in Minnesota, when I would get him out to Gophers games. Um, I don't think I ever got to take him to a Vikings game and I, and I'm kind of pissed off at that. Like I wish, you know, he was, you know, stable enough at that time to make those travels and my mom would do it. Um, but I know, I know he's, you know, enjoying seeing all my, you know, his grandkids get to do it. But you know, when you look at that, Guys walk away from the game all the time, and people talk about depression because you're not in the locker room. You don't have your teammates around. I watch Reggie Wayne, for instance. I'll never forget being a coach, and I'm going to try to get Reggie Wayne on the show to talk about this. When I was a coach, I had Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Roy Hall, Pierre Garçon, and Joseph Adai was the running back out of LSU. And I remember walking through the halls. It had to be, I don't know what time, 9 in the morning. And we're going to breakfast, I think. And I'm sitting down, me and Frank Wright. Frank Wright at the time was a quarterback's coach. And me and Frank Wright are sitting down to have lunch in and, 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 uh, Chuck, or I think it was Chuck Winters or Winters. Um, but Winters was his last, Frank, Frank Winters, lineman for the Packers. He was there as well as offensive assistant. And so we're sitting down eating. And so Joseph would die and Reggie, and they're purposely doing this. You know, how you, do, you talk loud so that the person you're talking about can hear you. And they're talking loud in the lunchroom like, man, I don't think I ever would come back and coach. Like, man, I can't believe he's doing that. And I know they're talking about me. And so then Reggie comes over and is like, Ron, man, you just didn't want to stay away? And I'm like, look, man, one, I didn't play. I'm not, you know, like these guys were already deep into their career. I didn't play nine years. I can't just sit back and do nothing. I only played about three or four. So I need the money, one. Two, I enjoy sports, which is why I'm doing this, why I do, you know, pregame shows, why I do games, uh, you know, play by play. You know, I love this. And I know when I'm my happiest is during football season. That's when I'm super excited. My wife can never hear no from me. Like I, I'm willing to do anything during football season. I'm just a ball of joy. In the offseason, I know it can get to me a little bit because I'm away from the game. And I think that's where Tom Brady's at. I don't think this is about money. Um, I truly believe this is about just being connected to the game. Still, I mean, look at Peyton Manning. He's still connected. Him and him and Eli. They're doing Monday night games. Different format. They're not traveling. They're not, you know, asked to do every single game, but they're there. They're doing those games. Um, you look at all these former players now getting in the booth. Ryan Clark, you got uh, Dan Orlowski, you got Marcus Spears. Um, look at some guys' social media when they're not doing their sport. Look at some guys' social media who are away from the game and how connect, how how they want to be connected so bad again. Um, that's what I'm learning, man. It's, it's about being connected. Guys want to be connected. Guys don't want to just walk away from the sport. So for people that think it's about Giselle and his kids and they're making all these jokes, it has nothing to do with them yes i mean it's probably you know for the joe blow average person's never played the sport never been a high level athlete and then you see Giselle, you're like man i'm staying home but that's the same reason why you would stay home and not go work out that's why you wouldn't have seven super bowls uh because tom brady has the discipline to be like look i love her she knows i love her but I, i gotta i gotta i gotta look out for me i gotta look out for my family by providing and going out and winning and getting more checks and getting more you know contracts and so um, that's the difference in a high level athlete and Tom Brady and a high level competitor. And that's where I think this Fox, you know, deal is coming from one. They need to replace Joe Buck eventually Two, they want to catch lightning in a bottle like CBS did with Tony Romo. And I think Brady can do it because he knows how to decipher offenses. He's seen every single team. I think he's beaten every team like he's beaten all 32 or 31 te- or no, 32 teams because he left and then he beat his own team. So he's the only got to ever beat all 32 teams. Nobody will ever do that again. I don't think it's quarterback. Um. But that's where I think this lies. I think this lies with just not wanting to be disconnected from the sport, Sam. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Well, it helps, too, that some of these analyst contracts, like Romo and Aikman, huge $15, $20 million a year. I mean, that's a game changer when you have the opportunity to get that. And, you know, every network would would be thrilled to have Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady probably sat back the last couple of years and saw this happen and just knew that, It's hard to do anything more lucrative than that for less work. I mean, he's not working 40 hours a week doing that. I mean, he's doing his research, sure, but he's probably doing that from the comfort of his home. And and he gets to, you know, fly out on Saturday, call a game Sunday, and then come home. Um, It's a great gig for him. My question to you, Ron, um, real quickly, having done this, having gone from the field to the broadcast booth, you've done color commentary What's the biggest challenge that, that you think he's going to face or that you faced when you made that move?
1: So I will say early on, I did the Big Ten Network back in 2009, I think, 2010, right after I got done coaching with the coach. So I had to be like 10, maybe. Um, early on, the tough thing was not saying dumb stuff just to talk. Like, not just trying to, ha- like, I, I'll never forget, and this is going to always be burned in my brain because that's why I do so much research now and people joke about all the numbers and stats and people I know and the, the time I take to research. I tried to tell a story about Aurelius Ben, the receiver from Illinois. And I was doing the Illinois Gopher game um, in Minnesota. That was, that was the one that sticks out. And I remember Aurelius Ben, like, his name was Juice. Oh, no, 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 sorry. His nickname was Regis. And I had no idea why it was Rejust. It was like R-E-R-E-J-U-S, Rejust. No idea why that was his nickname. But my dumb butt, I don't know. I I still to this day don't remember what story I told, but it had nothing to do. Because when I Googled it later, like at the commercial break, I was like, why the hell did I just make that story up? Because that is not (laughs) why they call him that. But like it popped up because... It was on like the thing that said Aurelius Rejust Ben. And so when I saw the rejust, I just, I don't know why. Like, I don't, I was like, they call him Rejust because, and I don't know what I said, <laughs> but I was just like, I, re, I Googled why they call them that. And then, even the, the reason was super dumb. Like uh, people, I hate when people give people dumb nicknames that don't have anything to do with anything. But when I saw it, I was like, why did I make that up? Now, the good thing was it was before Twitter. So nobody could make fun of me. Nobody could post the video and say this guy's an idiot. Uh, what is he talking about? That is not why they call him that. Um, so yeah, so but I do I will say that do your research about any backstories you want to talk about. Whether it's a guy's getting his master's degree, guy graduated early, uh, guy's girlfriend is a Dancing with the Stars alumni. Um, that that's the early issues. After that, man, it like doing doing the I did like a couple Nevada games last year, Nevada versus New Mexico, blah blah after that it gets fun like i even did the whole prediction thing myself but i only did like three times i wasn't going to sit there and romo that thing the whole game but i did do a couple because people were tweeting from nevada fans that was the best thing to see people tweeting like man who is this guy in the booth man like i can't believe he, he knows our plays and honestly, some of their stuff was super easy. I mean, they put a 6-6 tight end out to the left and put four receivers to the right. I'm like, they're going left. Like, the guy is man-to-man with a freaking linebacker, and he's a rec- former receiver. I'm like, they're going to him. And they threw it to him three straight times before he caught one for a touchdown. But, you know, I just kind of said that. I said, look at the motion. I was like, oh, yep, they're going fade tight end. And they did it. And then I, they did it again and did it again. I'm like, yep, they're going back to the fade with the tight end. That's all Like, I think I called that, and I called one up the seam. Cause I saw Romeo Dubs' motion across. I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna run through the seam. And if the if he doesn't get carried by the linebacker, Carson Strong has a strong enough arm to gun it in there. And and he did it. And Romeo Dubs took it to the house. Um, that was the two times I did it. Other than that, I didn't try to do it because I I hate when I hear it in your and they're wrong. Um, so I try not to do that, even though it is tempting. I see why Romo does it. Cause when you're watching the game. You're like a fan. Like people don't realize. Like even though you're wearing a suit and you're in a booth with tons of lights and cameras and crew around you and all these people in your ear saying commercial break, this is this and it's it's you know people running around with pets' heads falling off. Mm. It's it's you're still a fan. So you're watching the game. Like oh, like big hits. You're like oh, you know, like you're you're you have to make sure your mic is off. Sometimes it's not. And you, you like you're in this game. And so like yeah, you want to call out the, as a guy like myself that loves offense. Like you want to call it out. Like oh, here it comes bubble screen. You know, and Romo does it, and, and nine times out of ten, he's wrong. <laughs> so, you know, but he gets praised for that one time he gets it right, and then we see it all over Twitter for the next week, and he's the greatest thing ever, and people love him, and then some people hate him. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I say for Brady, man, it's going to be. Uh, don't try to overdo it. He's Tom Brady. People are going to watch and listen anyway. People are have to turn into Fox anyway, and he's going to get a ton of like people watching because of the publicity. Now, the one thing I didn't think about too, and you're, you you hit the nail on the head. He's not going to play a game. So most likely with his money, he can just, you know, they're going to have a jet for him. um. So he'll be able to take his family if he wants on some of these road games. He has to call like, you know, whether it's in Miami, whether it's in Tampa, whether it's in L.A., you know, wherever they're going, you know, they're going to. I know they sold their home in Boston, uh. but, you know, he probably can take his kids with him because, you know, get them their own room. Him and Gisele have a suite. You're just getting up to go call a game. You can hang out all night, drink at the bar, have dinner. Like you don't have to be bright, bright eyed and bushy tailed and you know, ready to call 15 plays in the first five minutes. Um, so, yeah, so there's there's another aspect to that that, that I'm forgetting uh, with the money. Like you said, if it's going to be a 15, 20 million dollar Tony Romo type deal. He can easily write off a, a million dollars on a jet for the season it's, or not even that. I think it's 30 grand a flight. So, yeah, that's that's easy for him to write off four or five hundred grand. Of that $15 million, that's going to get his family to all the games, and he can write it off. So, yeah, I, I think Tom Brady's doing it for that reason. I don't think it's the money. I think it's the connection. Staying connected to the game, man, that's huge for alumni. Um, I hear a ton about guys being depressed, uh, guys being mentally. I mean, that's why so many guys commit suicide. Um, you know, when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you my dad's teammates. You know, you got Mike Webster living under a, a highway, all that kind of stuff, man. So it's, it's, it's real – you know, it's mental health. I don't think it's so much of CTE, more so than just mental health of being disconnected from the guys you had. And Tom Brady doesn't want to lose that connection. But coming up, it's what I love the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes, and we'll be back. Do you want smart post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite sports teams? Well, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Get instant reactions from our Locked On team hosts with prominent reporters like Kevin Gore for the Wild, Brandon Warren for the Twins, and Chalanga Legison for the Timberwolves there's no fluff in this there's just 10 minutes of straight analysis straight hot fire analysis after each game subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube and never miss a podcast well it's that time of the day the Ron Johnson show is going to bring you the daily three well I wore number three so that's why I love this segment that's three questions three minutes each take it away Sam we didn't
0: get a chance to hear from Nate Prosser hopefully later in the week, but we will talk about this wild game five tonight. Ron, what is your official prediction? I want a score and I want the MVP of the game tonight. Uh, whatever that means to you, blues player, wild player. Let's uh, let's get some prognostications. Make a Romo, a Romo
1: prediction. <laughs> well, they're going to be at home. So I think they're going to bring the juice. Um, I was there. I was able to witness it. I wish I can go tonight um for those that are wondering i am not able to now again it might be a last minute like whoa i pulled a rabbit out of my hat but my daughter has a softball game that doesn't start her second game won't start till like 6 15 or i think 7 30 and then 7 30 to like 9 um so dumb but uh, that's kind of the schedule we're in right now. <laughs> Hopefully, we can we can ten run rule them in the first game and get the second game started earlier. But hey, that's the schedule they set. So my daughter's older now, so we're playing by the older kid's schedule. Um, so that's our so so you know, be, get not getting home till nine thirty. You know, after a nine o'clock finish. You know, getting the kids in bed and shower, calling a sitter. Like, eh. I'll just have to catch it. You know, I'll catch the early game on my phone during her game, Um, you know, between innings. I'll be able to watch that. And then, um, you know, I'll check it out. But this is my prediction. I think the Wild went 4-2. to I think Kirill Kaprizov, along with Flurry, if Flurry's between the pipes, that's going to be your two MVPs. I think Kirill is is primed. Uh, He already had a hat trick. He already loves the home ice. The fans are behind him. Now, the Blues know he had a hat trick, so that's the problem. Um, there's going to be some added focus to this. Uh, the Wild, no, they got out physical in that game three. They still lost in game four. They kind of, you know, just skated, as Brandon Molesky brought up with us on uh, Monday. So when you look at the way that, you know, the team is going to possibly play, I think that's the, you know, Fiala has to stay on the ice. Uh, they have to stay out of the box. But I think four to two. Uh, every game has been three or more goals so far. I think this one gets a little closer, a little bit more of a nail biter, maybe three to two. And then there's going to be a, you know, maybe a, a empty netter to go forward to because they're trying to press the issue to score that, you know, that tying goal to force it in overtime. Um, please no overtime. I don't have time to be up for 60 more minutes because they're in triple overtime and they just can't score. These guys are bent over. The good thing we know, though, is Kurok presov has lungs like a fish. And so, you know, I'm going to have to keep my eye on that. The double duty shifts he might have to do tonight. The fact that he's not going to come off maybe with his line mates because he's just, in, he's in better shape. He's younger. He skates, you know, he can skate in a minute, 30 seconds. Uh, unlike some guys at 45 seconds and they're killed over. Um, so, yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what those line changes. They can take advantage of some, some, some tired players on the travel. Um, but yeah, 42 wild.
0: I was going to predict overtime, Ron. Sorry, I, uh, I, I sense that this is going to be the nail biter. I no. think we've had four, we've had four blowouts. Tonight's going to be two to two, going to overtime, and Kevin Fiala will break out of his slump and get the game winning goal for the Wild.
1: I hope four to two or up two to two, and then you know there's two quick ones at the end. Just put it out of reach.
0: little Empty netter at the very end. Yep. Yeah, let's put it. Out. Um, the New York Giants cut cornerback james bradbury 28 year old corner widely regarded as being a pretty good player mm-hmm. and they cut him to save some cash so it got me thinking um would the vikings still have use for another cornerback on this roster like bradbury or do you think they are set at that position
1: um i do think so this is the thing i think they're set but this is also why you look at what bradbury was worth to the to the Giants he signed a 43.5 million dollar deal over three years in 2020 so you got 2020 2021 he played it this was the third year of that deal they were trying to find a trade partner so I'm pretty sure you know everybody knew the Vikings wanted the corner I'm pretty sure their GM was on the phone with the Vikings as well um but when you look at now being cut they saved 10 million dollars on cap space great because you know if you do the math of what you know it was worth He got his guaranteed in the first two years. But what, like, can the Vikings afford? I don't think so. This is the only way I'd see Bradbury. This, this, so they're set, but there's a thing. You draft a bunch of young guys early. Now, if you can get a Bradbury in to come in, and now you know you have Patrick Peterson, Bradbury, you have Channing Sullivan, you have a very veteran like DB room now. Um, you have rookies that you can grow into this, so that when Patrick Peterson, because it's probably his last year, maybe one more year, but this probably his last year, James Bradbury becomes your Patrick Peterson. He's your staple number one corner, and now you can grow Andrew Booth into this, and they're not forced into the fire like Gladney and and Dantzler were when we saw how how they struggled as rookies. The one thing about it though is that money is he gonna want that ten million, that twelve million dollar deal, or is he willing to come to the Vikings for two, three million because you know he wants to go somewhere and win? I mean, the fact that the Giants were terrible, it's not a bad thing when you've already gotten $20, $30 million. Um, Now he has a chance to go to anybody because he was cut. It's not waivers. Um, I I don't think in the offseason, I don't think he has to clear waivers because I think it's just he can sign with somebody. So when you look at that and the fact that he was cut and if the Vikings can find money that works for him, I'd say do it. But i would not i would not overdo it because you still have to sign all your rookies like you know rookie minicamp is starting uh you still got to get those guys signed you still got to get that you know that that money figured out and then you still want to you know possibly if there's an offensive lineman still out there that's willing to come to you for cheap because that's where these veterans are headed you know you saw taylor Lewan just sign. so as these puzzle pieces start to fall these guys sign uh you're gonna have guys looking for work and willing to take two three million and so that's that's the, 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 the game you play. You know, that's the the, the roulette wheel you spin. Um, where's that ball going to fall? Is it going to fall in the money you want or you rather, you know, go to a team? If, if I'm Bradbury and I get a call from, let's just say, like the Jets and then I also get a call from the Vikings and the dollars are similar, but the Vikings are less. You know, you're looking at maybe a two million dollar difference. I'm probably going to go to the Vikings because I want to go to a a, per, a team that I know can win. Now the Jets have a future, yes, but the Vikings are their time is now. Like the Vikings with this new offense and that defense already set, this could be a team that really pushes the envelope. So I I, I would do it, but it would have to be a cap friendly deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was about a month from now last year in June when the Vikings signed Brashad Breland, and I think Bradbury's you know better player than Breland, but that's kind of the same circumstance. Breland wanted to get paid more; he felt like he deserved it. He was part of that Chiefs defense that made the Super Bowl a couple times, mm-hmm. and the money just wasn't there. Teams didn't have it, um, and I assume that Bradbury's still collecting some guaranteed money from New York, so he probably he might be comfortable playing a little below his market value. Just to play for a contender. So maybe there's a possibility there, but I would say probably not to the Vikings. I don't think they have a lot of money to throw around, but something to keep your eye on. Last one, Nikola Jokic wins the MVP again. The Nuggets big man takes it two years in a row. So here's my scenario for you, Ron. Let me compare Jokic to Cat. They both are big men. You know, they both play in the same division. Mm -hmm. We see them play each other a lot. Jokic averages 27 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. Cat, last year, averaged 25, 10, and 4. The stats are not that dissimilar. Definitely an edge for Jokic, but tell me, Ron, I'm not saying the Cat should have won the MVP. I'm asking you, what would Cat need to do to get in Jokic's territory?
1: So the only thing they're close in, in my opinion, is points. 25 and 27, splitting hairs. But the four to eight assists—that's he doubled him in assists. That's a huge difference. Now this is the reason why. If you look at where Jokic plays and where he's comfortable playing, the Towns can shoot, so he can play up there as well. But Jokic lives up there, like he's a passer. They, they you know, I think they try to say he's one of the best passing big men. So instead of the Towns trying to earn, own this, like I'm the best shooting big man in NBA history, just be the best player. Like be the overall player. Like pass the ball more. He has to get his vision. So when you think about the double teams that that start coming late in the playoffs, he has to be able to see that open guy. And so, like, (laughs) again, I equate it to pick up basketball. When I played pick up basketball yesterday, same thing was happening. As the game got tighter, guys started trying to double team me. We were setting picks. Guys don't want to leave me alone. Um, You know, I was finding the open guy. Now, whether they were making a layup or not, that's not my problem. But I was finding the open guy every time I had a double team. I'm trying to look underneath the basket, I'm kicking it out to the shooter. Carly Towns has to work on that, like the vision. And the vision is just being able to scan the room like Robocop. And, you know, the minute you feel green, go. You can't hesitate and like reevaluate. Like, was oh, that green? Is he open? Is it? You just go. And you're going to have some turnovers in that just going mode. But that's the point like you're more than not you're going to get better and better at it and then it's going to force people to not be able to w that's why Jokic gets those open in lane like jump hooks and he has that one-on-one matchup because they know like if we leave my guy he's going to find him a pass it whereas cat teams aren't scared of the pass they're not scared of that secondary pass from cat to a to a guy that's going to really finish jared vanderbilt a bunch was underneath the basket cat could have dumped it down so i think what cat has to do one he has to will his team to win um that's kind of the key you know Jokic plays on a team that you don't say like oh man the nuggets are like oh man they have a bunch of killers you know it's like the celtics or it's like the 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 you know the sixers with Joe Embiid and 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 harden or the nets with kd and kyrie like Jokic doesn't Jokic doesn't have that uh carlin towns has that now with anthony Edwards. so how does he improve it you got to start giving it to your guy like you got to run picking more picking pops you got to run picking drops uh you know, picking roles. Like, you got to do it all with him, whereas, you know, you're using your body as a screen. If they're trailing, you dump it. And you give Anthony Edwards, the most athletic man, one of the most athletic men in the NBA, a chance to just have a full run at the lane to dunk it, like Ja Morant. Ja Morant and and and, uh, and Adams. You look at Adams, that dude does nothing on the court. He gives you no points or nothing, but he's going he's gonna to scrap. He's going to set picks. He's going to get rebounds. He's going to kick it to Ja. That's what Karl Anthony Towns has to do. He has to be a winner too. Like you gotta, you gotta have sustainable, winning playoff runs, uh, so that your name now is seen. Even though the Nuggets haven't won, they continue to be there. They're always right in that mix. And so I think that's the key: is that the Warriors have, or the Warriors, the the Timberwolves have to be um, consistent. And I think that's the next step for uh, Carl.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I just think Carl has to be more comfortable in the post because Jokic does a lot of his damage rebounding and passing from the block where yep. he's there to get offensive rebounds. And when he's got the ball on the block, everyone you know kind of sucks down into the paint. He mm-hmm. holds the ball up like this where no one can reach it, like a bully on the playground. He's got the ball. Hey, you can't have it. And then he throws it to the perimeter and opens up shooters. Cat doesn't do a lot of that. He's operating mm-hmm on the perimeter so that that's the big difference i think is just being comfortable in all parts of the floor
1: yeah i agree i agree i think cat is headed there though like the way he played this year you know one more year of this i think he's going to become a name that people recognize but got to stop with some of the antics you know talk to the ref you look at Jokic; doesn't really say much just runs up and down the court um at some point cat will get there though i know it's just young emotion and he's playing with emotion but that'll do it for the Ron Johnson show. I want to thank everybody for watching. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. You can also download and take us wherever you go, whenever you are, wherever you are, by just any podcast that you use, any any platform, whatever you have, use it. Look for uh, Locked On Sports Minnesota, search the Ron Johnson show, and please give us a listen. Have a great day.